Thank you so much for joining us online. Next Level Church exists to lead people to become fully engaged followers of Jesus. And we'd love to hear about what God is doing in your life. You can email us at mystory@nextlevelchurch.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For locations and service times, visit nextlevelchurch.com locations. Also, if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing at Next Level by giving, go to nextlevelchurch.com give. We hope you enjoy this message and have a great day. Hey, Next Level, what an incredible series this has been with our Moment of Hopes all throughout our Thrill of Hope series. Right. This is Josh Homan, our Fort Myers What's campus up, pastor. In just a few moments, we're going to be able to meet with a single dad yes. who yeah. actually is very affected by Hurricane Irma. And we're excited to share his story with you, but also uh, to share some hope with him. That's right. This Christmas season, that's what we're doing. We're bringing hope all across our city, and we're here in Fort Myers to do that very thing with somebody who needs some. How, how high was the water? It's up in here. Holy, holy gosh. Holy. So it's like, it was waist deep. Waist yeah. deep. The couch was here. It was all soaked. The yeah. couch was bowing down, falling oh, apart. And all your clothes, clothes and dressers and closets. I mean, correct. The closet, the closet maybe had about, maybe a foot, yeah. a foot of water yeah. in it. Mm. Wow, hard looking in here. I bet, man. Can you imagine? Yeah, my daughter's bed was gone, her dresser gone, her bicycle was gone. You uh, you guys were in, in Tennessee, correct, with family members? Correct. And you came back. I came back alone. To clean up things and... Correct. Yeah, and what, what happened? Well, I came back to clean up things, discovered we had pretty much lost everything. I received a phone call. It was my wife's brother on the phone. And he informed me that my wife had collapsed in his house. And she had been rushed to the hospital and she was in the emergency room fighting for her life. She had got out of bed to walk to the bathroom. She collapsed in the doorway of the bathroom. The doctors called the family into a private room. felt like forever before he came out and he asked was she married they said yes this is her husband he's on phone and he's on the phone in Florida they lost their stuff to the hurricane and he said that she have a will and my heart fell out of my chest what what gives you hope my faith in God. Yeah. I trust him completely. Yeah. My hope is in Christ because I know regardless of what I lose, I never lose. Yeah. No, we we're standing with you. We love you. We love your family. And you know, we we can't fix all the brokenness and only Jesus can. But we want to help in in some tangible ways. And we want to bring a little bit of hope and help very practically in, in some of the ways that, you know, obviously you lost all your possessions. And so um, we have some gifts we want to give to you. So uh, I remember you said that your kids lost their bikes. Yeah? Correct. You know, because it flooded and rusted out and everything else. Correct. So um, we have some uh, brand new bikes 
for them. Wow. And uh, you're an avid fisherman. Amen. And so uh, Amen. We're, we got some fishing gear we're going to get for you. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> We also know that you lost furniture, you lost clothes, you lost dishes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah There's a lot that you lost. Yeah. And so, uh, Courtney, we want to give you $10,000 yeah. to to help pick up the pieces. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. to say. You don't gotta say anything, man. Thank God. You yeah. don't say There you go. That's right. All the glory goes to him. Yep. Amen. <sighs> Jesus. God, we're so thankful that we're a part of a church that sees people, sees stories. God, thank you for the generosity of every single person that attends Next Level Church at our Fort Myers location, at our Gateway location, our Bonita Springs location, people that watch online. God, because of their generosity, we're able to go out and give people hope this Christmas season. So right now as a church, God, we thank you. God, we worship you. God, we pray for Courtney. We pray for his son. We pray for his daughter that, God, because of this moment, because of Next Level Church as a whole and what you've allowed us to do, God, you just used us to be your hands and feet. They have hope this Christmas season. And we thank you for that and we worship for you that, for that in Jesus' name. Come on, all locations that agreed in Jesus' name. So thankful that we get to help people. Welcome, everybody, to the last installment of Thrill of Hope. I'm so excited to be with you. This weekend, my name's Kyle Jackson. I'm just one of the pastors here on staff and just honored to have the opportunity to, to speak to you this weekend. Gateway Location, welcome to you, Benito Springs. Anybody watching online, Fort Myers, so glad that you're here uh, with us. This Thrill of Hope series has really come from the song, Oh Holy Night. If you're familiar with Christmas season and Christianity, even if you're not, Oh Holy Night's one of the most famous Christmas songs that people sing all around the world. And we've been talking about the Thrill of Hope, Pastor Matt, the last couple weeks, just to incredible messages talking about weariness that's a part of the song and just the weariness that's been over southwest florida since hurricane irma and how we feel like this christmas season with this idea of hope at next level church that we're going to rise um the hope in people's hearts this christmas season and then last weekend talking about a thrill of hope and i'm going to continue on and the song if you're familiar with the song it says this phrase and it says truly he taught us to what to love one another his law is love and his gospel is peace. So this weekend, we're going to talk about, in the thrill of hope, how we love one another. It sounds like a simple phrase, doesn't it? That we should love one another, that we should love the person on our left or on our right, no matter what fight we got in on the way to church tonight, that we should love our children in the children's ministry that made us late to church this weekend in some way, shape, or form, or we got a call from their teacher. We should love the person in front of us or behind us that we don't know, the person at work that we argued with on Friday. We should love our mother-in-law and our father-in-law. It sounds easy that we should love one another. Can I just ask you a simple question this weekend, Next Level Church? Do you love people? Do you love people? This is my daughter. Um, she's four now, four and a half, 
Um, this was just uh, a couple weeks ago. Her school had a daddy-daughter dance, and I thought that it would be a fantastic idea to get a limo <laughs> and pick her up with flowers and roses, and it was. It was awesome. Um, her eyes and face when I opened that limo and I was in there and she was standing there in that dress was one of the most uh, beautiful moments I've had as a, as a dad, as a father. Um, I think that what I'm the most nervous about is what the expectations will be when she's junior, senior prom. <laughs> I feel like your boy's going to have to pull up in like a chariot with horses and like, and, uh, and, but if she wants me to go with her, I'll take it. I'll take it. This is my daughter and I love her. Man, I love her. It's a different type of love, isn't it, with your children, for those of you that have children? It's just a different type of love, and I just love her so much. My birthday was uh, just this past weekend, a week or so ago, and, and we do this thing at Next Level Church. We kind of go around the room with whoever's there, and they, they say something uh, nice about your character, something that they really uh, love about you. It's a cool tradition, and I would encourage you to maybe even make that a tradition in your own families or with your friends, but everybody goes around, and they take about a minute, and they say something nice about you, something about your character that they like, and as they went around the room that night, my friends that are, that are close to me and my family, some of my coworkers, and the consensus around the room was that, they, that Kyle, you love people. And I felt like it was such a compliment because if you asked me and you said, Kyle, do you love people? I'd go, yes, I love people. I love people. That's why I got into this. That's why I pastor. That's why I do what I do is because I love you. I might not agree with you all the time. We might argue here and there, uh, but I love you. I love people. But if you asked me to send my daughter to die for you, To hang on a cross, to die the most painful and humiliating death known to mankind, I'd probably say you're crazy. Now nah, we'll pass on that one. I'd probably say something like this, parents. Wouldn't you say something like, you know what? I'd send myself before I send her. I'll send myself before I send him. And therein lies the Christmas story. See, sin entered our world through the first man and woman on earth, Adam and Eve. If you're familiar with Bible study, it's in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. If you're new to Bible study, I encourage you, open up your Bible, turn to the first book, Genesis, and read it. It's God creating the earth. It's God creating man and woman. And from that moment forward, you can read story after story, person after person, and how their sin nature separated them from God. So after generations of his creation, living in sin and separating themselves from their creator, their heavenly father, God God, because his heart was so broken, had to do something. He had to do the unthinkable as a parent. But it was the only thing that could give people like you and me the opportunity to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. He had to present a perfect sacrifice. Blood had to be shed, as was the custom of their day, for forgiveness to be given. And for God, that meant that he had to send his Son in human form, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God had to send his son to live a perfect life and to change the game from having to live under the law to the ability to accept Jesus and receive the gospel of grace. That's what the song's talking about. That we love one another, that God so loved us that he sent his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God had this law, this this law was given to us that we would live as his people underneath it, and it was given to us out of love, just like any parent would make rules for their kid. They're, 
We might not like the rules, but there's this law over us as children. There's law over us as adults, and that's so that we can live and, and love one another. <laughs> and God gave us that out of love, but after sin entered the world, then he had to figure out a way that his, his grace could be given to bring the separation that had happened from mankind and him, and that was his son, Jesus. God had to do the unthinkable and send his child <laughs> to, to die for people like you and me all around the world so that we could have a relationship with God. Therein lies the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 through 20 will bounce around. It says this, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Speaking of Mary, Jesus' mother. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. There was no room in the hotel. And then these angels show up in a field. And, and you have to picture this because I think we hear the story, read the story, and we hear it so much that we forget how crazy this would be. If I'm camping out with my daughter and my wife one day and all of a sudden the skies open up and an angel sings in and starts singing, I, I'm not sure that I don't freak out a little bit. Like, if you're anything like me, like, I'm probably grabbing the kid, grabbing the wife, and running. Or I'm letting my wife grab the kid, and I'm running and telling her to keep up. And these angels show up, and it says, this angel said, don't be afraid. <laughs> Thanks, bro. You have amazing big wings, and you're floating. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody. It's meant for everybody worldwide. Spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. It's for everybody, worldwide. What's, what's for everybody? A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah. He's master. That's what we were singing about. It goes on. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. That seems like that's going to be pretty hard, but sure, whatever you want us to do. As the angel choir now joined the one angel... So now not there's their one angel floating, all of a sudden all the harmony came in, oh, filled the sky, and the angel choir, they, they sang, and then they withdrew into heaven, and the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what, what God has revealed to us. It continues. They left running, and they found Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents, and the baby lying in the manger. I love this part. Seeing was believing. Seeing was believing. One of my prayers for you this Christmas season, Next Level Church, is that our Christmas Eve services, that, that, that you would bring someone and you would see their face and their heart open up and their hand raised and you would see the gospel of Jesus Christ enter their life and they would be forever changed. And seeing that would create this faith and belief in you again that was there a long time ago. That's my hope for us this Christmas, not to, just, not to just come with our family as a tradition, but to bring someone and, and watch, their, watch their eyes, watch their face, watch their smile, watch their countenance change. And when they raise that hand and say yes to Jesus, seeing is believing. It continues on in verse 20. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly like they had been told. God knew. He knew that he would have to do the unthinkable so that even 2,000 years later, we could somewhat grab a minute understanding of how much he loves us. 
Because see, I think as parents, we would say, I would send myself before I send my daughter. I would, I would send myself before I send my son. So God could have sent himself, but he sent his son. So that 2,000 years later, as those of us who have kids understand as a parent how hard it would be to send your son or your daughter to die for mankind. The unthinkable had to be done so that we could get an understanding of how much God loves us. God is our heavenly father. Jesus is the son of God, sacrificed so that you and I could have a relationship with God. We are his children. So this weekend, in order to love one another, we have to answer the simple question, well, what is love? What is love? Love is not Valentine's Day. Love is you and your spouse. Love is you and your kids. Love is you and your family. Love is you and the sports team or the hobby that you like. But at the essence of what love is, if we're going to love other people, what is love? 1 John 4, 8. It's, 4, 8. it's pretty simple. God is love. What is love? God is love. What does that verse mean? What that verse means is that, that at the character of God, at the core of who God is, is love. It doesn't even make sense. God is love at the, at the core. Like, so so God, love was created from who God is. Love, love is God. Love is the, the character of God. Okay, Kyle, well, it, well, what is love? Well, God is love. Well, then who is God? Well, let me explain to you what love is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It it's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Pause there for a second. Go back. Did you see how, see how many things love's not compared to how many things love is? You think God knew that 2,000 years later that all these things were going to enter our world through sin? <laughs> Just be patient. Just be kind to other people. Don't, just don't do all this stuff. It goes on, verse 5. Love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. What is love? God is love. Who is God? All of that. What is God not? All of that. See, love can only be defined by the character of God. God does not merely love, he is love. And everything that God does flows from his love. So if love is the what, uh, then I think this weekend we have to answer the why. And then probably the how, that if love's the what, then what's the why behind the what? Why should we love? And then if we agree with that in about the next 10 minutes, which I hope you do, we'll talk about some hows on how we love this Christmas season and the thrill of hope. So let's answer this first part, why. Uh, I think, first of all, if you want to take some notes, I think it's because God first loved us. That why do we love other people? It's because God first loved us. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Why should we love one another? It's pretty plain and simple there in the Bible. It's because God first loved us. Parents, do our children, when they're born, can you take yourself back? For some of us, that's a long time ago. For some of us, that's months ago. Can you take yourself back to the hot... When you held your child for the first time, mom, when you held your child for the first time, dad, previous to them waking you up for the next eight weeks, ten times, previous to all of that, do you, the first time you held them, did they have to do anything to earn your love? 
That was God's original intent as his children. We don't have to do anything to earn his love. God first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Maybe you don't have children and so I, maybe you're an, like you, you, you're an animal lover. Like you, you get a puppy, you take it home. That puppy doesn't have to do anything for you to love it. You just love it. It doesn't have to earn it. So parents, we understand that with children. If you don't have children, some of you, you have something that you've loved that never had to do anything to earn your love. That was God's original intent for his children, that he, he holds us in his arms and he goes, you don't have to do anything to earn my love. I love you regardless of anything that you'll ever do. I love you. That's how God feels about you this weekend. I hope you know that. Whatever location you're sitting in, I need you to know, very simple, God loves you. Ain't nothing you've ever done, nothing you're doing currently, and nothing you'll ever do in the future that'll separate you from the love of God. Now, you might distance yourself from God, and that's what salvation's all about, that it, about, that it closes that gap so that you can be in relationship with Him, but there's nothing you can do that'll take away the love of God for you. You don't have to do anything to earn his love. Secondly, I think that we have to love because God says so. <laughs> I, I can make it complicated for you, but I think that, like, because God says so. Look at this verse, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. That's so good. And he's given us this command. It's a command. It's not an idea. It's not a thought. It's not a, if you want to. Command. Anyone who loves God must, must also love their brother and sister, I'm going to stay in this parenting vein this weekend, next level. Come on, parents. Who here this weekend in the last 48 hours has looked at your kids and said, because I said so? <laughs> you know what? Raise a hand. Because I said so, this in the last 48 hours, you've looked at your kid and said, because I said so. I look at Kaylee all the time and I tell her, Kaylee, we're Jacksons. We don't just follow what someone else does. We're leaders. We lead people to do the right thing. Kaylee's response. Why do we have to be leaders, Daddy? <laughs> because I said so. <laughs> because I said so. Because I said so. Why should you love people? It's pretty simple. God, God commands you to love people. Do not murder. Do not worship false gods. Do not steal. Commandment. God says so. The third thing this weekend on why is I think it sets us apart. I just think it sets us apart as followers of Christ. When we demonstrate God's love, it distinguishes Christians from the rest of the world, doesn't it? When nobody else will love a situation, when nobody else will love a person, that's where we get to show up and we love people. It sets us apart. It sets us apart. John chapter 13, verse 35, by this, speaking of love, all people will know that you're my disciples, Jesus says, if you love one another. How do people know that you're a follower of Christ? It's by your love. It's how you demonstrate your love. Jesus didn't say anything about um, his disciples promoting his agenda. That's how they'll know you'll love me. 
He doesn't say anything about Christian t-shirts, WWJD bracelets, or fish decals on our car. He just talks about loving other people. <laughs> the worst thing we can do is have a decal on the back and flick someone off on Daniels in season. It means nothing. With a WWJD bracelet on the same hand. Some of you need to repent this weekend. You need some hope. Because that's not what Jesus would do, WWJD. That fish is not swimming in the opposite direction. Swimming in the same direction. <laughs> that's what we did during Irma. The orange army thing. We just loved people. <laughs> we just loved people. Nobody cared. People have said we look alike. <laughs> and then one person here said, yeah, one of you is definitely the more athletic, younger version. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's what happened during Irma. All the other stuff just went to the side. We just loved each other. And it stood out, didn't it? <laughs> it stood out, didn't it? It, it distinguished the, the body of Christ. It distinguished the local church. That we were just out loving people, didn't have to know them, didn't have to agree with them, didn't have to have anything in common with them. We just loved them. A watching world will be persuaded not when our values are promoted, but when they are manifested, displayed, and personified. That's when people will know that we have something different that they don't have. That's when people will know they have something that I need. That's when people will ask, hey, what do you have that I don't have? And we get to look back at them because we've loved and it's opened their heart. We get to look at them and say, I got Jesus, period. I don't have more than you. I don't have less than you. I don't have more things. I don't have less things. We live in the same neighborhood. We work at the same place. Our kids go to the same school or they don't. I just have Jesus. It's the only thing that distinguishes God's love is that we just go out and we show it, no matter who we show it to. So if those are some of the, the whys, if some of the whys were God first loved us and because God said so, and, and I think that it sets us apart, then if you agree with any of those whys, if the what is love and we are to love one another and those are the whys, well, then maybe the question we have to answer then is how. How do we love people? Kyle, in a world that's that's not teaching us that we should love one another. In a world that sure does seem like it's filled with a lot more hate than it does love, then as the body of Christ, how do we show that love? How do we show the character of God to a world that's watching? I think first and foremost, you have to love God with all your heart. <laughs> it's first because it really doesn't matter if you're not doing this. If you're not pursuing God with passion, if you're not loving God with all of your heart, then it's going to be hard to love people because we live in a world that's full of sin and we live in a world that, that people are going to hurt you and they're going to intentionally hurt you and they're going to say things about you and they're going to say things behind your back and they're going to say things that are going to hurt your family and they're going to do things that are going to put you behind in some areas of your life. But God says that we should still love in that moment. And the only way we do that is that we love God with all of our heart. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, 
and with all your strength. We can't show Christ's love if we aren't pursuing him passionately with our life. Question for you, all locations, do you feel stuck in your relationship with Christ at all? If you do, I want you to know something. You're normal. <laughs> I feel stuck sometimes. Pastor Matt feels stuck sometimes. Your campus pastor feels stuck sometimes. We all get to a place where we feel stuck. That's why we created this whole next steps area of our church. Just go out to your foyer, whatever location, your lobby, your at the performing arts hall down in Benita. Just go out, look for the next steps area, and, and ask somebody that's got a lanyard on and say, hey, I feel stuck. I feel stuck in my relationship with Christ. They'll get you signed up for our empowerment track, and our empowerment track is completely designed, literally, the entire thought. If you were to ask us, what's the why behind the what of empowerment track? We would say to take people that feel stuck in an area of their life in the relationship with Christ and to nudge you out of that area so that you could be a more fully engaged follower of Jesus Christ. That's what it's for. So if you don't feel like you're loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, then go to your next steps area. Ask a serve team member, can I get signed up for the January or February empowerment track? Let them sign you up. And I promise you, this is a promise, if you'll go, and if you'll commit to every week of it, and you'll open your heart, I bet you'll write an email back to me or to josh.homan at nextlevelchurch.com that says, I don't feel stuck anymore. I feel like I'm moving in a direction that's more in love with Jesus Christ. You have to love God with all your heart. Secondly, you have to love yourself. You have to love yourself. You can't love other people if you don't truly love yourself first. You have to pursue God with your whole heart and love him with your whole heart, but you have to, you have to love yourself. Look at Psalm 139, verse 14. It says, I will give thanks to you. This is, this is me and you speaking. I want you to embody this personally. Say it in your head with, with me. It says, I, you know what, all locations, let's, let's actually read it together out loud. Let's give this a shot. Let's read it together out loud because I want you to say I. I want you to say I because this is talking about you to God. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Say it again. I will give thanks to you because I have been amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous, and my soul is fully aware of this. If you don't love yourself right now, it's because we live in a world that just beats you down. But I need you to know something this weekend. God looks down on you, and he thinks you're beautifully and perfectly made. There's not a mistake about you, not a thing wrong with you. No matter what's been said to you, no matter what's been done to you, no matter what's been pointed out to you, I need you to know something. God thinks you're awesome. <laughs> God thinks you're perfectly made. God thinks you're miraculous. Everything you think is a flaw, God looks down and goes, no, 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 that's miraculous. Everything you think is imperfect about you, your body, your, your mind, God looks down and goes, no, 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 it's perfect. It's perfect. You know that God looks down on you and he doesn't see stupid, right? He doesn't see ugly. He doesn't see fat. He doesn't see loser. He doesn't see inadequate. He doesn't see socially challenged. He doesn't see not educated enough. He doesn't see not good enough. He looks down and he sees bright. <laughs> he sees beautiful. He sees adequate. He sees talented. He sees gifted. He sees good enough. He sees worthy of his love. 
just we live in a world that the enemy's working overtime to use things and people to make us think that that's not who we are. But that's who God says you are. I remember someone years ago, <laughs> silly story. I just want you to know that it happens to all of us, though. It's easy to look at someone like myself or one of our pastors or worship leaders or Pastor Matt or somebody and, and think that we don't ever have these thoughts either. It looks like we have it all together sometimes. And I just, um, it was years ago here at Next Level Church, I was speaking on a weekend. And uh, it's like 27, 28. It was the first year, year and a half that I was on staff here. And um, I mispronounced a, a city uh, in the Bible and scripture. I was reading it and I mispronounced it. Didn't even catch it. Probably because I didn't know that's how you said it. <laughs> Thought I nailed it. <laughs> and this guy walks up to me in, in the foyer and he goes, Did you go to Bible school? I said, Yeah, actually I did. Yeah. Well, you mispronounced whatever the city was in your message a few minutes ago. And I was like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. I, I, yeah, you know, I didn't mean to. Those words are tough sometimes. <laughs> And he looked back at me and said, must be because Alabama is 48 out of 50 in state education. <laughs> and I looked back at him and I said, wow, that is so awesome to hear. I thought we were 49. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were 49. Must have been a good year. <laughs> must have been a good year. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever shared that with anybody. It actually just kind of came up as I was writing this message. Next level, because your family, maybe you've noticed sometimes when I read cities off the TV, I'll go that place. <laughs> Not good enough. Not smart enough. Not educated enough. It's not what God thinks about me. It's not what God thinks about you. You're going to make mistakes. I make plenty of them. I try my best to never make them up here because this is an honor and a privilege to stand on a platform in a side of a local church and share the word of God. And it does say that people like me and that communicate God's word, we will be judged more harshly one day because God's entrusted us to do this. And, but God knows my heart in that moment. I didn't, mis I didn't mispronounce it on purpose. I didn't mispronounce it because of a lack of study or intentionality. I just made a mistake. <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm educated enough. God's allowing me to do this. And I need you to know this weekend, whatever thoughts in your mind of that, it's not what God thinks about you. It's not what God believes about you. It's not who you are. You've got to love yourself. You've got to love yourself. How do we do that? We love God with all of our heart. How do we show love to people then? We have to love ourselves, and then thirdly, we have to see everyone as an equal. We have to see everyone as an equal. Look at Mark chapter 12, verse 31. The second is this, speaking of the second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. There's one more commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Number one. Love your neighbor as yourself, number two. We live in a world today that says, if you're not like me, then I should have my guard up towards you. Don't we? 
for being honest. If I disagree with you, then I'm not, I have to not only put my guard up, but I, the world's actually teaching me to hate you because you don't believe in what I believe in. You don't have the same opinion as I have opinion. So not only do I have to put my guard up to you, I have to, I'm being taught that I have to not like you. If you don't like something for long enough, you eventually hate it. That's the world we live in today. If you don't believe me, scroll on Facebook for, I don't know, 30 seconds. I had a friend tell me this recently. He said it in front of Pastor Matt, myself, Sarah. He said, hey, you know love transcends everything, right? And I thought about it for a second, and I was like, love transcends everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I believe that. Can I tell you this weekend, Next Level Church, love transcends culture. It transcends gender. It transcends ethnicity, generation, occupation, neighborhood, political position, political opinion, real news, fake news, minority, majority, Instagram, Snapchat, and love even transcends Facebook. It does. Love breaks every barrier that the enemy wants to use to separate God's children from his great love. God is love. Love breaks every barrier that the enemy wants to use to separate God's children from his great love. We have to see everyone as equal back to 1 Corinthians. What is love again? Verse 5, it, it doesn't dishonor others. It doesn't dishonor the others. Man, we're not living in a country that believes that. It believes if I don't like what you like, if I don't have an opinion like you have an opinion, then I'm just going to dishonor you. Love's not demeaning or humiliating. Love is encouraging and uplifting. We have to see everyone, every day, in every place as an equal because they are a child of God. Nowhere in Scripture do I find that somebody else is greater than somebody else. Nowhere. Maybe in the world we live in, it teaches us that some of us might be, but that is not the Word of God. The Word of God says that she is a daughter of the King, and he is a daughter, or he is a son of the King. The king of kings, not a king that's greater over here and a king that's less over here. She is a daughter of the king of kings and he is a son of the king of kings. Equal. Equal. God doesn't love anybody more than he loves somebody else. This is the Chadas. He's from India. He's a doctor. We don't have a whole lot in common. But I love him. I love him because he's a son of God. He's a son of God. This is Dr. Betzer from First Assembly. We're in like three generation separation. He's 50 years older than I am. We don't have a lot in common about how we've lived our life probably. But I love him because he's a son of God. These are young academy students. She's Italian. He's Puerto Rican. They're Buckahannaimian and which means they're from Buckingham. Come up and tell me I didn't get that right in the foyer. Nailed it. Nailed it. 
They're 19 and 20. They do things that I don't even understand. Everything's not tote lit, fam. I don't know what you're saying, ever. I don't understand. It's not, I just don't understand. But I don't have to, you know why? Just because I don't have things in common with them, just because I might disagree with some things on how they see our world today, doesn't mean that I have to hate them. I just love them because they're daughters and sons of the king. Period. Generational gaps shouldn't matter on how we love people. This is Philippe. He's Haitian. We don't have a ton in common. I love him because he's a son of God. This is the cassettes. We have a lot in common, except he's bald-headed and his wife is blonde hair, blue eye, but we look kind of the same. Kind of. I love them because they're sons and daughters of the king. They're sons and daughters of the king. This is an Ecuadorian couple that's down at our, our Bonita Springs location. This is Gabby and Freddie. They got, she got, they got baptized, and then they took the 90-day tithe challenge, and I happened to be down there speaking live on a weekend after she got baptized, and she told me her story. They grew up in Ecuador. Culturally, we don't have a lot in common, but I love them because they're sons and daughters of the queen. This, this next one, this is diversity. This is at the Club Blue shooting several years ago. This is with Mount Hermon Church and this young man from Dunbar and Jarrett for our Dream Centers from Columbia and I'm from Alabama. And, and it, it doesn't matter because when you, when you love people, it transcends culture, it transcends it, 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 generations, it transcends backgrounds and neighborhoods because at the end of the day when we love each other as sons and daughters of the king, all that goes to the side. It all goes to the side. Look at the next one. This is Holly. She worked for me and my wife at one point in time. She's a young college girl. She doesn't work for us anymore. I don't love Holly any less because she doesn't do stuff for us anymore. Because love doesn't do, it's not love if it's only because they do something for you. It's because she's a daughter of the king. And I love her. This lady right here is a random lady in Washington, D.C. that walked by me. I said, cool hair. She said, what up? I said, I think you have cool hair. We started talking about Jesus. She said, can I take a picture for my Instagram? I said, sure. We nailed it. I don't know her, but in about 30 seconds, I realized I love her because I love people. And she's a daughter of the king. I'll never see her again. But I will. I'll see her in heaven. And none of that stuff will matter anymore because we're all equal. We have to love people that look like us, people that don't look like us, people who like what we like and people who don't like what we like, people that are the same age, people not anywhere near our same age, people who believe in what we believe in and people who don't believe in what we believe in, people that have the same political views and people that don't have the same political views, people who are for us and people who are against us. God calls us to love one another. We've got to stop arguing about what we don't have in common and start celebrating what we do have in common, which is we're children of God. How do you love one another? You love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You love yourself and you see everyone as an equal. How do you do that? This is the Christmas Eve invite. It's in your seat this weekend. It's in your, around your bulletin. How do you love your neighbor as yourself? Here's a challenge for you, Next Level Church. How about your neighbor in the cubicle that doesn't look like you, that doesn't believe in the same things you believe in, that might not like everything that you like, or maybe your neighbor in your neighborhood that, that you guys haven't said a lot to each other because we don't have a lot in common. What if instead of just bringing our family to Christmas Eve this year, what if we stepped outside of ourselves? And what if we showed God's love 
by simply putting an invitation out that maybe they could bring their family and receive the same hope that we have this Christmas in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Jesus, thank you. We love you. You're the hope of the world. God, you are love. And this weekend, my prayer as we close this series, God, this thrill of hope series, is that we would bring the hope of Jesus by being very simple this Christmas season and putting all our differences to the side and just showing the love of Christ, the character of God, by loving our neighbor as ourself. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Everyone who agreed said, amen. Amen.